guys are just gross on dating apps I swear like girls are just so much better but yeah there were a few guys I suppose that I wasn't seeing it was super casual but as soon as they knew I was bi I was like oh who can we have a threesome with and I was like no 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 y'all welcome to queer talk the number one podcast to connect you to all of your favorite queer creators in a space where we share our stories on all things queer related and hey if you are new listening to this give us a follow on spotify and subscribe on apple podcast we are now streaming full video episodes on youtube so you can watch these episodes on your tv phone tablet wherever you're tuning in so be sure to hit that subscribe button the link to watch is in the description guys today our guest is a YouTuber, podcaster, TikToker. -er. She's a Dutch girl living down under. You can find her by searching Dutchy at Megan Dykeman. Please welcome Megan Dykeman. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank so you so happy. much for having me. You're welcome. I just love saying that. I was like, Megan Dykeman. Like, that just <laughs> sounds fucking baller. It kind of does when you say it, but not when anyone else says it. <laughs> Especially not when I say it. You got to do like the megaphone. You're like, Megan, Dyson, Maybe I'll start doing that. <laughs> I'll rebrand. She plays for both teams. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so happy to have you on. I, um, I've been seeing your stuff for a while. I've saw yep. your YouTube stuff and your and your TikTok stuff. You're on every platform. Yeah. Um, my question for you is: Are you really Dutch? Is that did it come from? Are you from the Netherlands? Do you have like Dutch ancestry? Like, how did that nickname come about? Yeah, so I was actually born in Holland, cool. in a little town called Zandam. Um, my dad is Dutch, but my mom's Aussie, and I was born there and lived there for about 18 months. And then my nan got sick. So we traveled back to Australia. We were, the plan was to live in Holland, um, but then my nan got sick. So we came back, we were with her for a few months and then dad ended up loving Australia. So he moved his entire life over here with us. And then, yeah, I've lived here ever since, but I just thought I wanted a short, sharp name for my channel yeah. and Megan Dykeman for first of all, no one else was going to be able to say it other than me and you, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, no one could ever pronounce my last name. So I was like, no, that's too hard. What's something else I can use? And yeah, then I just came up with Dutchie. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely catchy. I mean, I knew who you were when you had messaged me about the yeah. podcast. And I was like, yeah, I remember you. I've seen you on YouTube. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it was definitely, definitely a good choice, a good choice, but it was funny good. because when you said, I thought that you lived in the Netherlands because of that. And I was with, when I fucked up the whole time zones multiple times with trying to get you on here, yeah. I was like, okay, so she's dead. She's living in Australia. There's different parts of Australia. What's the time zone there? there There's are. different. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. it was funny. <laughs> um, but that's cool. I have never been yeah. to Australia. I've been to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. and it's not that you, your eyes' accents are similar, but like, I can tell, a, I can tell the difference between a Kiwi accent and an Aussie accent a little bit. There's yeah. a little there's yeah. a subtle difference. There's a, yeah, there is a difference, but we like, I've, when I've been overseas before, I've been mistaken for British or New Zealand because I think for some reason we sound similar, but I much prefer a New Zealand accent. I don't like my accent. Why don't <laughs> you like I was... your accent? I think I don't know. Are... Like I get compliments on it all the time. And I think majority from like 
um, American people just love my accent. Mm-hmm. They seriously always are like, I love your accent. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, what is it? I don't understand. I don't know either. I mean, I've always been one for an accent. I think because it's like foreign, right? Because it's, it's different. It's yeah. different. And so, yeah. and I think that those, it's not all accents though. Like I've heard like people no. who have like German accents, it's like harsh. So it's not yeah. as like fluid. I feel like Australian yeah. accents, British accents, New Zealand accents. And then you have like certain types of Latin dialects, um, Spanish yeah. dialects. Like they're very mm. fluid and very, they can be like more, you know, with romantic and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're not as yeah. harsh. I think that's why people like them because they're just, you know, because American accents can be more harsh, I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah. That's just my general, just from like traveling and things like that. That's just what I get. Yeah. But like, it's funny is like when I travel because I'm from the Midwest and nobody fucking knows where Ohio is, they all think that I'm Californian, I'm a, from Florida or I'm from mm-hmm. New York. Yeah. Because I'm not yeah. Southern, you know, I don't have a yeah. like Southern twang. So I have to be yeah. from like California or Florida. Well, you must be. <laughs> apparently, that, those yeah. are the only places in the US. <laughs> exactly. They're the only places that exist apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, really Florida? I'm Florida woman now? Like, I'd yeah. rather be Cali girl than Florida woman, to be completely yeah. honest. I'm yeah. not the shit on Florida, but I'm shitting on Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to all my listeners who live in Florida. I do like Florida, like yeah. most parts of Florida. But no, mm-hmm. that's, that's, super, that's super cool, though. So tell me, like, a little bit about your uh, coming out journey and, like, being mm-hmm. bisexual. Well, uh, for the longest time, so growing up, I was boy obsessed, although I'm starting to think back now, like I get a lot of questions regarding like, oh, was there any childhood signs? And I'm like, for the longest time, I was like, no. And now I think through seeing TikToks and other people's experiences, I relate to those and I'm like, shit, like, how did I not know? Yeah. But um, throughout primary school, high school, always boy obsessed, flirting with guys, had boyfriends, always had a guy on the go. And then, yeah, I was in a long-term relationship with a guy for like, well, we dated for six years, but I think at like the five-year mark, I started realizing that, hey, maybe I'm not just attracted to men. I've only been with men and I know I like them, but like, I don't know, something just twigged. Started having dreams about people, like a girl I knew and then Turned out she was questioning as well. And then I spoke to my boyfriend about it at the time. He's my not dating him now, but he was just so good about it. And he himself had not been with any other individual other than me. And so we took this super healthy break. It was amazing for each other. He went and he slept with other people, saw other people. I then was able to sleep with women and was like, oh my God, this is me. And then, yeah, we sort of were apart for a few months, got back together. And then after a year, we're like, what are we doing? Like, we're best mm-hmm. mates. There's no, there's nothing here anymore. Yeah. So that was really a really amicable split, which was awesome. And we're still really good mates. And then, yeah, dated a few girls for a while. And then now I'm happily with a guy. So I don't know. It's been a really like tumultuous time, <laughs> but I don't really have anything crazy that sort of happened to me. It was just like, one day to the next, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm straight. And that was it. Yeah. I feel like that yeah. was similar for me too. Like I didn't mm-hmm. like at first I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm, I'm gay or I'm bisexual. It was like, yeah. oh, I'm not straight. Like it was like ruling out what you weren't before figuring out yeah. what you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which I find yeah. like very similar in a lot of people's situations where they're, they're rolling out what it isn't and then mm. figuring out what is first, which is, I don't know. It's intriguing to me. I think that's a much better way of looking at it. And like, oh, I don't know if you've seen this TikTok. I want to recreate it, but it's just like this TikTok of this girl and she's sitting there and like someone's playing with her hair and the caption's like, when I was sitting in primary school or high school and a girl was like playing with my hair, why did it feel better than when my boyfriend did? And I was like, that is the tea. And I totally had that. Like I loved it when girls played with my hair didn't even think into it. Just like, oh yeah, this is just really nice. Yeah. I, and I, what I think as well with this is like, mm-hmm. and what I found when I was growing up was like the straight women weren't weirded out by doing affectionate things with other women. No, no. They didn't, they didn't have a bodily neurological, whatever you want to say, like your body wasn't responding like as like panic and like craziness no. and, and mm-hmm. like, when I had had those things, like, you know, I had friends that were like more touchy feely and those kind of things. And I like wigged out, like, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah. Like get away from yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Like I never had that. I well, probably cause I wasn't maybe aware of it at that point, but I was so close with all my girlfriends, like physically and never made me uncomfortable or anything. Like it was so bizarre now, completely different story, but yeah. then like, mm. Isn't that so crazy? Cause like, cause it, you weren't aware of it and you were like on the complete opposite end of me, which is yeah. so funny. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know, unconsciously, I thought, I think I just was like, I don't know if it was a conservative upbringing or what, or just like mm-hmm. yeah. what it was, but like, it's, it's super interesting. But yeah, like to the, to the hair thing, like if, you know, like straight girls are just playing with other straight girls hair, it's like not a big deal. You know, they're just like, blah, blah, blah. but like if anyone touched my hair, I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> So like when, you know, you found out that you had, you know, you liked, you know, both men and women and you, you know, were dating men, you were dating women. What would you say is the hardest part about being bisexual and being in a relationship with a guy? Because you are in a relationship with a guy right now. What would Mm -hmm. you consider like the hardest part of being in a relationship with a man? I think it's other people's perception of it. It was one of those things where when we started talking um the fact that I was bi came up it wasn't the first thing I said but it came up and it was sort of like a oh yeah so what like not in that way like he's totally supportive of it but it wasn't there was no like jealousy or like anything for him to be like oh well you know like if you're attracted to girls too then you know he's just so supportive that's awesome so that was great so there was never any issue in terms of that but it's how other people perceive I guess me and my sexuality then because for the longest time like a lot of my content is being bisexual and bisexual struggles and coming out and all those sorts of things. And like, I I do get questions time to time, like, Oh, I thought she was bi or I thought she was gay. And it's like, well, no, I I mean, I am bi and I've been bi the whole time, but who I date doesn't like, I don't just turn straight because I'm dating a guy or gay because I'm dating a girl. If I'm dating a girl, I'm bi too. And I think that's the most annoying thing but other than that, I don't, there's nothing else that I really struggle with in terms of differences yeah. or anything. When you were dating, like before you, you know, you met this awesome guy, like, were you kind of worried what the reaction would be? Like if they would mm-hmm. do the whole, like, <clears throat> oh my God, that's so cool. Like thinking that it somehow like 
would include them and like those those stereotypes I feel like I would be super afraid if I were bisexual to like really invest in someone and really hope that they had they were woke enough to realize it wasn't about them yeah no um I think I definitely did have that thought when I like because after being in a long-term relationship for so long with someone that was so like I was so comfortable with and knew about my entire coming out journey like yeah it was scary a few of the guys guys are just gross on dating apps I swear like girls are just so much better and yeah girls definitely cared less which was surprising because I know there are some girls within the LGBTQ plus community that won't go nearby girls (laughs) it's just like hang on hang on a minute yeah but yeah there were a few guys I suppose that I wasn't seeing it was super casual but yeah well like as soon as they knew I was bi I was like oh who can we have a threesome with and I was like no 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 but people that I've actually dated properly and seen a few times and my current boyfriend no issues there whatsoever that is so awesome honest to god it is that would have been my number one thing and that and at one point like I did identify as bi queer Mm -hmm. I was kind of in between those labels because I didn't really know it was like the time where I was like okay I'm not straight but like yeah like lesbians a a whole term like it is a lot of you know things associated with it that aren't exactly good and Super, all this political stuff. And I wasn't at that point where I was able to Mm -hmm. identify myself because it felt like it was an identity all on its own. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just seemed like and queer just seemed like, oh, yeah, like I'm a person and I happen to be queer. But it's like, Mm -hmm. no, like I am a lesbian is like so definitive. And I was not ready to deal with it. I really wasn't. I didn't consider myself one, even though I never thought that I would ever like sleep with a man again or date a man again or any of that. I was like, I'm not a lesbian though. I had so many people ask me too, like random people at work and stuff. Like, do you consider yourself a lesbian? I was like, no. And they're like, but why? Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, well, and blah, blah, blah. And all this and clear. And And I like went on and on about it. Cause like at the core, I was, I had so many biases with it. When, and mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, like, you know, I'll, I'll say that I'm queer. And my parents were like, we don't know what that means. And it also mm-hmm. seems derogatory because that's where they came from. So they're like, well, we're not going to use that. And I was like, well, that's not really up to you, but um, yeah. you can just say that I'm bi. And so like, yeah. they were like, we can't tell your grandparents that you're queer because that sounds bad. So I'm like, well, just tell them that I'm bi because I didn't, I didn't want to say the the word lesbian because I'm like, well, yeah. bi is a little bit better than lesbian and a little more transient because so many people do use the term and then they realize that it's not find their, their real term. Yeah, yeah, which has some really yeah. bad connotations associated with it too because, mm-hmm. and we'll get into this because we have really good listeners submitted question about this that it's like yeah. a transient phase that people use to soften the blow of being Mm -hmm. gay or lesbian. And I think that it is true, but it's also people stick with it. They don't go on to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that that sucks. And it's, I think that, and we'll, you know what? I have a lot of thoughts on it and we'll get to the listeners submitted question because I have like a whole thing I could go on. But yeah, crazy stuff. So another thing that I, that I wanted to ask you was like, what would you say is a struggle or struggles that bi people have that people who, let's say, identify as being strictly gay, strictly lesbian, don't really have to deal with? Because I feel like it can go both ways. 
I feel like the biggest thing that I did touch on before is the whole stigma and stereotypes surrounding your sexuality changing depending on who you're dating. So like if you're a lesbian, you're a lesbian, right? Like you're going to date a girl. They're gay. They're lesbian. It's not going to be questioned when they start dating someone. And there's so much stigma around cheating and like being more likely to just because we are attracted to more than one gender. I'll never understand that. But again, that's something that has nothing to do with someone's sexuality and everything to do with them being an awful person or not. So I suppose that's some of the biggest things that we deal with. And then I guess that can be flipped in the same sort of way in terms of the dating thing, because I think there's a lot of like stereotyping and and like um, negativity around being gay still in 2021. And it's actually bullshit. But I suppose then I've noticed with like, if I am say dating a guy, people are like, oh, well, she's like, you know, she's going to get married and have children now. And like, obviously Mm -hmm. you can have children regardless of your sexuality. There are so many different methods these days. But on the flip side of like me being offended by people thinking, oh, I'm straight now because I'm dating a guy. People also see that as, oh, well, she's not bi anymore sort of thing. And they see that as the positive thing. And it's like, no, that's not it. So it's just like bi erasure. Like, yeah, like now I'm straight because I have this man and, and, and kids and a white picket fence Exactly. It, it appears that yeah. way. You know what I mean? And yeah, you don't even have to have kids is the other thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, yeah, I think people box like to box people in and it, it is mm-hmm. hard when people, you know, identify as bi or identify as pan and yeah. people don't understand it. They don't get it. Yeah. They're like the fuck brain exploding. Uh-huh. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. And it comes into like a lot. This is kind of a different topic, but about like being with someone and being able to have your own kid I suppose Mm -hmm. rather than adopting or through other methods but that doesn't even make you like there are women heterosexual women out there who are struggling with issues that cannot conceive themselves so that doesn't make you anything either which is something that annoys me but I think it's just another way to reduce women to being reproductive vessels yeah 100%. And it becomes a feminist issue because it's like, oh, yeah, you can't have your own kids. It's like, there are heterosexual women that can't have their own kids. Exactly. Oh, there are men that can't have their own kids. There are men that, yes, exactly. Infertile men. It literally comes down to sexism and and reducing Mm -hmm. someone, reducing us to our, you know, feminine qualities of like whatever whatever that's supposed to be. And one of them is big is having, having your own kids and bearing children exactly. and stuff yeah. like that. And I say this, yeah. like I'm like, I'm icky by kids. I love kids and I want kids, but I yeah. hate the fact that people feel like they fucking should have them when they don't need to have them or yeah. should be a certain way. A woman's mm-hmm. supposed to be a certain way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I exactly. I just find that so interesting. And like, I, I definitely not want to like go completely back, but like when you were talking about like bi women having the stigma of like cheating or mm-hmm. promiscuous behavior, like they're somehow more apt to do that because yeah. like, they have more option, which I think is like ridiculous. Like yeah, if you're going to cheat like... on your diet and eat ice cream, you're not going to buy five fucking things of ice cream. You're not going to let the whole team of briars fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, well, if you're going by that logic, what is a heterosexual man's excuse for cheating on their girlfriend or their wife? Because they're only attracted to one gender. Yep. It makes me think of that TikTok. It makes me think of that TikTok when the guy's crying and he's like, oh my God, you have no fucking idea. My life is so fucking hard. Ah." 
yeah 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 oh my god it just infuriates me like oh oh it's so crazy and it it it, I feel like I hate it too because like the high school that I grew up in I you know remember like a couple girls who did come out as bi and I remember there were some girls that are now lesbian but like I didn't know that at the time they were just like tomboys and didn't care about like being girly and stuff like that but then there yeah. were girls that were openly bi and yeah. the perception of them was overly sexualized. It was yeah. in a promiscuous nature, all of that. True. Yeah. You, you know, and I played basketball with one and I mean, she is, I don't know how she identifies now. I think she identifies as a lesbian, but she was not promiscuous at all. And yeah. there was another girl that I thought was like that because people gossiped and she was a part of the drama, but she really mm-hmm. wasn't either. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I think, yeah, I think lesbians, maybe this on the other hand, lesbians, I think are sexualized a lot more than bisexuals. Obviously there's the whole threesome thing with bisexuals, but it kind yeah. of stops at that. People don't really sexualize. Oh, she's bi. So she gets with girls. That's hot. You know, like they do that more with lesbians and lesbian relationships and they almost don't take it seriously. I also hate the whole, oh, I've had conversations with people about this before. And in fact, I was having one with one of my workmates the other day at work. And it was about someone that their partner had kissed other girls when they were out. Now she's a straight girl, but I honestly don't think it matters. Like if I say like was out with my boyfriend, we're out clubbing, whatever. And then I just kissed all these random girls. That is cheating because I am attracted to those girls but also I'm kissing someone that's not my partner Mm -hmm. if he he's a straight male but if he went to then kiss other guys like I don't see it as a different thing and I know that's because straight girls kiss straight girls and it's like a norm and that's fine like I have no problems with that at all but then it's when people kind of justify like if a guy has a girlfriend and then she and she's like into other girls or even if she isn't then she goes and kisses other girls and he's like it's fine because they're girls it's like yeah dude your girl your girl could leave you for one of those girls (laughs) like exactly I don't see the difference (laughs) but they'd be so mad if she ended up hooking up with other guys they'd be like no no no, that's not on it's like yeah. where do you where do you draw the line? Where? True. And <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter if like he goes and kisses other guys, regardless if mm-hmm. he considers himself straight or not. I mean, that could change within yeah one kiss of one guy yeah. could change that, mm-hmm. or it could just be that one guy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But either exactly. way, he did that for a reason. Whether it was just attention or he or whatever. Yeah. The whole I'm yeah. drunk thing. I've been drunk a lot of times and haven't fucked around. You know what I mean? Oh, no, <laughs> I like, know that it's still an is... intention. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was still there when you were sober. Yeah. You just acted on it when you were drunk. Because you were drunk to blame it on that. Yeah, exactly. And then you're going to say you were drunk and it's just like, ah, oh, sober thoughts, sober thoughts, mm-hmm. drunk actions. I've been quite drunk, quite loosey-goosey, and I'm always aware of what I'm doing. Always. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> and another thing about the whole, like, lesbians being fetishized, I have, like, a yeah. theory on it, and I think it's because you know, the nature of people who are typically a lesbian, they don't sleep with men, they don't, you know, they just don't think Mm -hmm. of them in that way. So it's almost like the golden goose. If you can get a lesbian to sleep with you, it's like the never ending chase, right? It's like this pinnacle, you know? And I feel like with bi people, it almost is seen as like lesser quality because you're like, oh, well, they can do both. So it's like dirty or something like that. And easily accessible, convenient, like somehow lower quality. 
And, yeah. and if you do it with a lesbian, it's like, ooh, it's coveted. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. if they're a gold star. You're going to be if yeah. they keep taking their virginity because that's a whole fucking thing apparently is virginity. Mm. Yeah, that's actually so true. Yeah. Oh, yuck. I know, right? I've had a lot of time to think during COVID. I've had a lot of mm-hmm. <laughs> weird-ass mm-hmm. thoughts. But that's yeah. kind of my thing because everyone wants to chase. And just in general, like people love a chase. Yeah. There's always someone who yeah. chases, regardless if it's toxic or unhealthy or whatever. True. People love something that's a little unavailable. Yeah. You know, the yeah. forbidden fruit. That's you know? so true. I know, right? Now you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, now I'm like really thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I go. I'm Shit. making you think, Megan. <laughs> you are. You are. <laughs> so I also wanted to get into... Um, talking about YouTube. So I feel like was YouTube the first social media platform that you really started growing on? Yeah. Yeah. So I started my channel in between high school and university. I was just waiting for my ATAR and then to get accepted into a university, I guess you could say. So there's like a summer between that. And I was super bored. I had a casual job that I only worked out two times a day. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll just create some YouTube videos because my dad was really into videography and photography. So I sort of grew up with that behind me or around me. But yeah, I started making shit. Like my my channel was a shit show. Um, I look back at your older stuff. (laughs) Oh, It's my favorite pastime when people don't delete their videos because I really, I love looking at growth because you can really see. And your Mm -hmm. stuff was like, you weren't posting like gay stuff yet. Probably, I didn't know where you were at your coming ages. out journey, but yeah, yeah you were posting like most people start out posting random shit and then they start to find oh. their voice and stuff. And it's funny. So I random. <laughs> yeah. It's just like random thought I was funny. Some of it's probably politically incorrect. Like, but I also just haven't deleted it because yeah, I'm, I'm a believer in like seeing people's growth and I hate it when yeah. I go back to look at like an old David Dobrik video or Liza Koshy yeah. or something and it's not there and I'm like no why it's um, like why I don't understand why Keep like we up. all came from somewhere yeah exactly um and I'm happy to like it's embarrassing but like I'm also putting my life on the internet almost so mm-hmm. what there's no point hiding it and then it was purely a hobby until about three or four years ago maybe I started taking it seriously which was also when I started realizing I was struggling with my sexuality and I uh, decided to share that with the world because I was like okay if I'm struggling with this particularly at my age too because I was sort of like a late bloomer I guess one yeah. would say I wanted to I think I posted one video about struggling with it and then that was really that did really well and I was like ah I don't have a niche for my channel everyone's telling me niche down niche down and I'm like what does that mean And then, yeah, I just decided to make it an LGBTQ plus friendly channel. And then I actually started to gain money from it and was approached by, started being approached by companies. And then I was like, okay, this is something I probably want to pursue. That's Um, awesome. I really saw your videos pick up in the last like couple of years. Yeah, they have. Your stuff. Yeah, which is super cool. And you're at 100K. Did that happen recently? You hitting 100K? Uh, November. No way. But I just got my plaque. That's awesome. You want to see I, it? Yeah, I saw it on your story. And so I didn't know because yeah. I checked it's at 110K. And so I'm like, I don't know how long she's been at that, but probably yeah, pretty like yeah. recent. Yeah. That's super, that's such a like crazy accomplishment, you know? I know. It's so crazy. Like <clears throat> I never thought I would get a thousand subscribers, let alone 100. But yeah, it came, it takes a while to come. 
but it came in the mail. Oh, put that in like a shadow box, put it on the wall. That's what I'm awesome. wanting to do. I'm wanting to go get something this afternoon, hopefully for those measurements, if I can find one. But yeah, yeah. That's such a cool accomplishment. Honest to God, like watching YouTubers specifically yeah. and watching content creators and just influencers in the space really mm -hmm. helped me in my coming out journey. So when I finally was able yeah. to have the confidence to do mm -hmm. that, and I was also just mixed part, like part equally bored um, and got on TikTok, I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, niching. And yeah, like from a marketable standpoint, like you do want to niche down, but I was like, okay, what can I make content about that is, will always be near and dear to me. We'll never yeah. leave, you know, like I used to mm -hmm. do travel stuff, but like, you can't always travel 24 seven. So I'm like, what is something that's going to be so stable, so ever present yeah. in my life and something yeah. that I can give back and do what all of these like awesome people put their lives, you know, on camera. So yeah. I feel better about myself, you know? Yeah. I feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I think it's just like noble work. You know what I mean? To, yeah. to be in the LGBTQ plus space and talking about issues that people mm -hmm. aren't confident enough about and need that community and don't always have that community. That's the shit that keeps me going for sure. Um, yeah. I think, um, and like before I started creating LGBT content or maybe in the midst of it, I think it was right before though, watching, I watched a lot of like Shannon Beveridge and Cammy yeah. when they were still together. I watched yeah. all of their vlogs, was obsessed. Yeah. Still am, still love their content. Um, OG gays, the OG YouTube gays. Yeah. And I think they helped, even though that neither of them are bi, they really helped me coming to terms with it or being okay with it and like trying my best to be okay with it and coming to yeah. terms with the process and everything. They really helped as well. Like you said, watching other queer people. Shannon space, seems like just YouTube. like a super authentic person. Like I didn't see her stuff when she first started. What I had seen like little clips of her when she had done some film stuff, like her initial yeah. stuff. Like it mm -hmm. seemed like it was just her and her fucking webcam and her just talking to people and wanting to reach out and like, very innocent and authentic had no clue what was gonna like happen I feel like a lot of those yeah. people were not looking it wasn't a you being a youtuber wasn't a thing or being a social media influencer wasn't a thing no so I find that super intriguing just to be able to be so vulnerable to put yourself out there without real like having it like I'm gonna do this because I'm gonna be like this person and and that's fine yeah. to do too I mean now that you're now that we're in this space like yeah you can be like yeah I want to do this and help yeah. back I think it's just like the right intentions you know what I mean yeah um, I feel like if you go it into it being I want to get famous I want to do this it probably isn't going to happen yeah. um I always did it for the pure because obviously at the beginning I wasn't earning anywhere near enough to do it full time I was just like I'm helping others if I can yep. help at least one other person I'm going to do it yep and that's just luck and a, and a lot of hard work I suppose that's gone into it now being like a full-time job so that's yeah. awesome. When did you go full time? Like, when did you really go like, I'm going to do this full time, like supplement my income, like entrepreneur, boss yeah. ass bitch shit? Well, funnily enough, I still have a casual job at a clothing store. But for the past couple of weeks, I've done like one shift a week. And that just helps with extra money for bills and stuff. But I have a meeting. I have a little interview actually at two which is what I was telling you about for Ooh. a content creator job with this small small company they're oh just gosh. starting up just because I want to get more experience in that like I have a wealth of knowledge already from my own but I also want to put it into practice and it's only part-time so I feel like if I can double my income I will exactly and like 
very like a boss bitch mindset right now. Like I'm like, okay, I want to grow my empire, but I also want to grow my savings at the same time. And although I I can do that, I don't need a full seven days a week to do YouTube. I need about three or four. Yeah. And the rest I can do. So, but I decided to go like full-time knowing, like picking up um, brand collabs and, and having a management team about two years ago. Okay. Um, I had a manager who was amazing for my first year and then she actually got another job and didn't have enough time to manage me, which was fine because I was looking for a new management team as well. And then, yeah, I got picked up by a sort of like group management team, which is the best thing I've ever done. And um, they do a lot of, they get the jobs for us and then we basically say yes or no, which is amazing. So yeah, about two years ago, I probably went full time and now it's just an actual hustle, like not a side hustle, an actual hustle, which is great. Yeah. Well, and then like around two years is when your, a lot of your videos started getting popularity. So like when you leveled up Mm -hmm. the content, whatever you had sacrificed in terms of, you know, when every management company takes a certain percentage of fee, obviously it paid off. Like obviously it paid off to like give up some of that control. It did. Yeah. Yeah. And like delegate, I guess when you're just like, you can't do it on your own. Yeah. You got to have people get the brand deals and, and shit like that. And Correct. they can deal with that. And all you got to do is just like receive the product and, and, and do yeah. the, the content. And it was getting exhausting. And I think a hard thing is me being in Australia. I feel like if I did live in America, I feel like wouldn't have like a million, but I feel like a lot more people would watch me or know me because my mm-hmm. demo is fully America. It's like 80% America. And then the rest yeah. is like a little bit of Europe, then Australia, and then mm-hmm. whatever follows. But um, yeah, I feel like living in Australia is hard. And like my old manager always used to say, once people know about you, like brands would then like Converse or whatever would be like Ellie would say, oh, look, I have this um, talent. She can do this, this, this. This is the view she gets. They're like, oh, we'd never heard of her. And it's just, I'm just not, on, wasn't on people's radars. And now through the talent company that I am with, I am, because that's obviously what they do. But yeah, it was just a matter of getting onto people's radar, like important mm-hmm. people and companies in Australia. But and I think couldn't do that on my too. own. <laughs> I think it's good too, though, even if you maybe get underestimated or maybe people don't even know who mm-hmm. you are to underestimate you because then they're like, oh, this is a new person that, yeah. you know, other companies might not have nabbed her yet for brand collabs. So it's like Correct. more of a unique thing, like a rare find, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's me. Which is cool. Rare find, rare cool. gem. Rare gem, that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love the entrepreneur stuff. So like yeah. all of that stuff is super like interesting to me because I've done some of the travel influencing before yeah. like, COVID and, and yeah. you know, obviously like wanting to build stuff and, and stuff like that. I'm not even yeah. on YouTube. I just put my like podcast on YouTube season two. Yeah. Haha, <laughs> yeah. link to watch us. But yeah, like I just, I love, talking to other um, female entrepreneurs, like yeah. people should be doing more of that stuff and taking, taking back their time and realizing mm-hmm. like, what they're really good at and like putting the confidence to like fucking do it, you know? Yeah. I think You're- I just yeah. got to a point where I had had a lot of jobs and a lot of shitty jobs and shitty managers. And I just got to a point where I was like, okay, if I have the skills and the drive to do it, why the fuck would I work for anybody else yeah. when I can work for myself? Exactly. That was about two years ago. So <laughs> that's so fucking cool. That's so yeah. cool. So what age did you start? Cause I know a lot of, I get questions about this all the time and I'm like, y'all I'm not a YouTuber. I don't understand it. 
Um, yeah. And so they, uh, I've gotten questions about people asking like, you know, when can you start doing that kind of stuff? When can you start really like making money on YouTube, that kind of thing. So like, mm-hmm. what was that journey with like, when you really started to make like a decent amount of money, maybe not like to supplement your income, but like, were you in like your late early twenties, mid twenties? Yeah. What did that Cause like? I started late. Like I didn't start my channel. So I was like 18, Okay. probably around 21 like three years in, I started getting actual paychecks from YouTube, like oh, nothing awesome. to supplement anything, but like, oh, that's a bit of extra money. Yeah. Um, now it does. Now it could pay for like a full two months rent per month or whatever. It was just nice getting, cause like you get your first, when you get paid um, the first time you get a, like a little letter from Google in the mail saying how much it was and stuff. It's oh. really, it's really cute. I still have my first one somewhere. I think it's at my family home. But yeah, about 21. And that's because I started early, uh, late, sorry. But I would recommend people to start as soon as they want to create content, just do it. Like don't let anything stop you because it does take a while. Unless you're one of the lucky ones that gets a viral video or people just love you from the Mm get-go. That's unlikely to happen, but it does happen. I think it's just YouTube's very oversaturated now. There's a channel on everything or multiple channels on certain topics. And it's just finding something that isn't on there that people aren't doing that you are passionate enough yep. about to do. And it's but hard because YouTube's been hard. around for so long. It's very saturated. Yep. So like yep. niching is super important. I think even breaking into the LGBTQ plus space on YouTube, I haven't tried it yet, but it's on my horizon. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just a whole, a whole nother thing. That it's I'm, actually hard. Yeah, yeah, that would be so hard. And like, you see people mm. who have all these followers and people just like assume that it didn't take years of just posting like weird mm. random content and just yeah. putting it out there and like yeah. figuring it out and then tweaking and tweaking and tweaking until, Correct. you know, you're like, oh shit, I got, you know, 2000 more views on this. And what did I do? And, and mm-hmm. figuring it out for yourself. Yeah. It takes ages. And I think that my best advice to someone or anyone listening that wants to start a YouTube channel, it was, it would be find a video that does well and then replicate it. Don't copy it, but replicate it in other ways or the same sort of topic. Do that five times over and you'll be growing like, well, but yeah, no one knows that when they start, I didn't know that I didn't have any people around me doing the same thing to bounce ideas off. I was completely on my own. And it's taken years and years of creating content and being on YouTube too. I don't yeah. even understand the algorithm now. And I've been on it yeah. for like six years. So <laughs> it's, it's hard. And another thing that I have gotten from people is like, it's about starting. It's not about like the actually mm-hmm. doing it. It's about like actually starting because yeah. it's just like, you know, the content's going to be shit and it's perfectionism and like, what if, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, and this. And it's like, you just got to do it, even if it's yeah. cringe. Like, if I look back on my TikToks when I first started, they are, like, fucking so cringe. Same. It's not oh the same. God. And that was just in April. Yeah, I uh, know. How much do you change in a year? Oh God. Yeah. But it's, like, I didn't give a fuck. I was just like, ooh, this yeah. is doing well. Let me do this. Or, oh, this video gave me an idea mm-hmm. for, like, a personal experience yeah. um, that happened yeah. or whatever. And then mm-hmm. I just tweaking it and figuring it out. And like, if it flops, no one's going to fucking see it. So like, if you make a YouTube yeah. video, chances are no one's going to see it. To yeah, it's not going to go viral. <laughs> and if it goes yeah. viral, they're not going to be commenting that it's a terrible YouTube video. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like if you said something bad or like you were, I don't know, whatever people didn't like, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And people are always going to hate yeah. anyways, but yeah, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. That's super awesome. So tell me about your podcast. It's mm-hmm. new. 
Uh, you recently you. had on a couple people. I saw, um, I listened a little bit to the episode with Georgia Bridgers that you had on. She's from Cincinnati. If you didn't know yeah. that, I'm from Cincy mm-hmm. too. I need to get her on. I don't know if she'd come on my podcast, but maybe. She would. She would. Really? Yeah. I'll yeah. play up that I'm from Cincinnati. I'm a small town yeah. gal. <laughs> yeah. No, she'd love it. She would love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. It's a, it's a taboo podcast. So mm-hmm. you talk about a bunch of shit that people don't feel, people feel weird talking about. Yeah. So I, um, I've wanted a podcast for the longest time and I was like, how can I manage that with YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, everything. And again, my partner really heavily influenced me on this. He's like, cause he listens to podcasts all the time. He's like, yeah. why don't you start one? Like there podcasts are everything. And they like, are. then I started getting into them and listening. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. And topics of taboo is actually a series I had on my channel years ago, maybe two years ago now. And it just sort of never really took off. A few of the videos did, but I was like, hey, let's let's reuse that. Let's mm-hmm. recycle. Yeah, um, we And it. use that as my name. Yeah, and it's just, I, I can't wait for this. I'm into my second season now too, because my first season started like half or three quarters of the way through last year. And I was like, let's just start fresh. But yeah, it's just talking about things that people feel uncomfortable talking about with their friends or family members and stuff that shouldn't be and just trying to reduce stigma and um, negativity and stereotypes around topics that should be we should be comfortable talking about. So it's like sex, love, relationships, mental health, absolutely anything and everything, which is kind of cool. And you've had yeah. a few episodes so far. You've mm-hmm. had like uh, a few episodes. How is it different from like being on camera. So you're, I mean, technically you're on camera because it's Zoom, but it's mainly <coughs> audio focused. Yeah. So how is a podcast different from like the content that you've been doing? It's so nice because for my solo episodes, I can just sit in my closet because that's like the best thing for my sound. Oh yeah. Sit in my closet, no makeup, pajamas on and just like talk away and people still enjoy it even though they can't see me, but Mm -hmm. I enjoy it more because I do not have to do anything (laughs) to get ready. In terms of the Zoom and like interacting with others, I love it. For a while there, I was like, I think because it's so new and fresh, like I've been doing YouTube and other content creation for years now doing podcasting was just something new, something different. And I was so motivated by it and still am. Like, I cannot wait to record the first episode of this season. I just love it. It's just new and different and easy. I think it's so much easier, especially with editing. It really Mm -hmm. is. Cause you just have to like, wait for the pauses in like what you're saying. That's all. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about it being visual and doing a bunch of other I don't know a lot of it but I've watched enough YouTube videos so like if you're just talking to your camera like it can't just be this it has to zoom in and out and have things to keep people's attention and your tone yeah you're you know it's a lot it really is you have to be on constantly and I feel like not that I'm not myself on YouTube on YouTube I'm my most bubbly excited self definitely Mm -hmm. but on a podcast I'm just like talking like this like it's nothing this and that unless obviously something is exciting or funny like of course or shocking but other than that you don't have to be anything extra extra you can just be you yeah and I feel like that's how I felt with TikTok too like I felt like I was saying hi 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 which isn't like it's not like a fake version it's just a different version of yourself yeah 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 um which is cool to kind of see those two juxtaposed but yeah like because I thought about starting a YouTube channel I was like man like I'm gonna have to be like high high like on steroids Mm -hmm. of like what my tiktok is i feel like 
to like yeah. really capture attention. And I'm like, that's just like a whole other beast that yeah, I don't even, I'm not even at. Yep. But that's why I like podcasts too. I mean, I mean, I'm doing like recorded episodes, but I'm not like, even though I'm like actually posting the recording on YouTube, mm. I'm not doing anything different than like I would before. Maybe I should, I don't know, but cool, cool, cool. All right, well, let's go to the listener submitted question. So guys, this is part of the podcast, you know this, where we answer a listener submitted question uh, that we have no business trying to answer unqualified okay <laughs> well maybe <laughs> you know what maybe megan's a little more qualified than me she's been doing it on youtube for a while so <laughs> we'll give her oh, the platform. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> <laughs> okay so this question is from henley eight they're 18 they're from topeka and they write hi guys so right now i'm struggling with my bisexual identity I feel attracted to both men and women, but I have gotten pushback from friends and family around this label. I know that a lot of people use the term bisexual on their journey to finding a label that fits them. And I know this can change with age and experience. I can't seem Mm -hmm. to fight the stigma of this quote, just being a phase. And I am worried. What if it is? What if I decide to go by a different label and those things my friends and family have said are true? Any and all advice would be super helpful. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I understand. And I've definitely been there. There's been times where I myself have been like, wait, is it a phase? And I think that society putting that view into my head as well and bisexual erasure and what have you. I think the most important thing is to try and ignore it as much as you can. Like, I know that's easier said than done, but if you know how you feel, you know that you're attracted to guys, you know that you're attracted to girls or whomever, that should be all that really matters. And I think with the people who are closest to you, maybe you should sit them down and be like, hey, it actually hurts me when you say that you presume it's just a phase or you say I'm Mm -hmm. going through a phase. This is my sexuality. And even if it isn't my true sexuality, it is right now. Mm -hmm. And it is what I'm feeling. And it's not a phase. So step off. (laughs) But also like, kindly yeah I think it's just yeah (laughs) exactly no I think it's just good being open and honest but also direct with people um and telling them how it makes you feel because you can't just be walked all over you Mm -hmm. being told oh it's a phase it's a phase she's not really this she's probably really gay that's not okay and it sucks that society has sort of formed that opinion of bisexuals yeah that narrative we cannot really change now hopefully it will over the next couple of years but it's not something we can do instantly unfortunately as much as I I would do that with a click of my fingers if I could but yeah I think it's just about having that conversation with the people the opinions of the people that you care about anyone else who gives a fuck but those people that are saying that around you and obviously making you question yourself even though you may be so aware of who you're attracted to and that you are by having that conversation telling them that it's not okay to say that and it is upsetting you is probably what I would do Mm-hmm. I'm not a psychologist, like I'm not any qualified, but that is, if I was struggling with that, that's what I would probably do. Yeah, that's super good yeah. advice. And especially like with parents, I feel like it's often hard for parents to get back to when they were mm-hmm. young and yeah. things were so transient and, and intense and ever changing and dynamic yeah. as it is when you're growing up and your brain isn't fully formed yet. And yeah. it's almost just like, you'll grow out of it. You'll this, you'll this, you know, because we do grow out of some things and we do grow and change and Mm -hmm. become more consistent technically as you age. And I think sometimes it's hard for parents to accept those things. And also I think it's hard for parents to accept things that they didn't 
realize we're in the life plan. I feel like parents sometimes, and not in a bad way, like, I mean, I guess some, like some parents, you know, will vicariously live through their kids and push stuff onto their kids. But some parents just like, based on what you've said growing up, and my parents did this too, like they had an imagined life for me because of things that I had said, you know? Yep. And kids do, like parents do do that. They think of their kids when they're older and what they're going to be and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And we don't fit the mold it's yep. almost like, oh my God, it's not what we expected. It's completely, you know, it must not be reality or you must be, <clears throat> it must be a phase or this is fleeting yes. and you'll, yes. you know, this is fleeting, honey, you'll figure it out. And, yeah. and it's hard when your reality is not believed, you know, when you're invalidated yeah. and you're like, well, these are my parents, they've had more experience. So maybe they are right. Maybe it is a phase. Uh-huh. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't know what the fuck to, you know, I, how can I believe yeah. myself? And I had such a hard time exactly. believing myself on so many fronts for so many years, you know, yeah, and that's it such takes, a good point. yeah, it can take some time to really figure that out. And it can also, yeah. you know, maybe just be that one friend that says, I believe you that one friend that's like, yes. I get it. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes that's like all that. you need. Like one person that hears you and doesn't judge you or try to change your mind on something like mm-hmm. just listening is probably the best thing you can do. If you're a friend listening that might have another friend struggling with it, just don't try and change their mind. Don't tell them there's something they're not. Just accept it. I think that's a very good point in terms of parents. I think they don't mean to be, but it's kind of an egocentric view of, well, like my child, whoever it is, is going to grow up and get married and have children, marry this person or this person. And then, yeah, as soon as that narrative is changed by their child being a sexuality other than heterosexual, they start to freak out. And it's the same thing with when you first come out, some parents freak out, don't accept it, try and change it, say it's a phase, say, no, you're not like all that stuff. And it's just sometimes for some parents, a matter of time um, to come around and accept that. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually so true yeah what you said like they try and palm it off as being a phase because it's not what they want or not what they envisioned that their child would yeah Yeah. wow truth talk crazy I (laughs) remember I'm gonna I'll go off on a little bit of tangent here um yeah I remember like when you know because my parents would ask they would ask my sister and I that stuff you know like yeah do you like this do you like this and like you know they based on our answers you know I want this or I want to grow up and do this and I want to have a house. And like, for me, like I did, I wanted the traditional white picket fence and husband and kids. And, you know, I am still traditional in a lot of senses, but it, when I started growing up and like thinking about that being my future and thinking about like this guy who works and comes home to me and I have kids, I felt so detached from it. And I thought I felt detached from it because it was so far in the future. You know what I mean? I'm like 12. Yes. It's, it's another 10 to 15 years before this will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't have to be thinking about it just yet. But like, I never, I never dreamt about, I can't wait to get married. Oh, my wedding. Like I had so many mm-hmm. friends who had Pinterest wedding shit and I tried yeah. to get into it and I just couldn't because the yeah. way that I was envisioning my life was not my mm-hmm. life. I had this detachment from it. It wasn't until I came into my sexuality to where I really did start thinking about that stuff. And it really, it was sunk in, like it was like sunken in, you know, like, what do I want my wedding to be like? Like, do I want it to be like this or like this? Like those TikToks where it's like, let me (coughs) add a little bit of spice to this. I'm like, yes, yes, (laughs) Yes, this is it. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, I feel that. 
And uh, I'll end it with this. You can change your labels just because yeah. you, you could be bi during that specific yes. time, be attracted to both. Doesn't have to be 50, mm-hmm. 50, you know, and then you could realize later on through experience that maybe yeah. you're not bi, maybe you're straight. Maybe yeah. you're not straight. Maybe you're gay. Like maybe you're pan. Yeah. It, it is what it is, but like, it's mm-hmm. valid in the moment. Like it's valid in the yes. moment because that's what you thought. And it shouldn't it's be questioned. Just, yeah. And it shouldn't be questioned. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a pit stop. Yeah. You know? It's a part of the journey. And some people stop yeah. there and some people go back and some people go forward. Yeah. Time is an illusion. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah, I live by that. I love that. And I am trying to normalize that and I think we should try and normalize that as yes. a society as well coming out again I, I filmed a video um, towards the end of last year about coming out again and it wasn't me coming out again but it was me talking about Brienne actually and like making it okay to come out again and it not being yeah. that yeah cool it's a phase for some but at the time they weren't you well most of the most of the time they're not using it as a phase they're convincing themselves that they are they they are bisexual to what they think is bisexual. That is what they're experiencing just because they come out or realize later that, Hey, maybe I'm not, it shouldn't be a negative thing. It should be, Oh my God, like so glad you finally found your true sexuality. You know, were you using that as a like beard? Like, no, not necessarily. People genuinely think that they're bi and they use that term. There's absolutely, I think we do need to normalize coming out again but yeah, there's just so, so much negativity and stress and anxiety surrounding coming out as a whole yeah. in general. No wonder coming out a second or third time seems impossible. I completely agree. And like these boxes should not be cemented in, you know, they're not boxes yeah. at all. I just feel like they're little particles just kind of yeah. orbiting. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And you're like, let me switch to this one. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's Everything's also so funny- fluid too like you can define yourself as a lesbian or queer and still have attraction to men in some small yes. capacity you know what I mean like like I mm. there were guys that I dated that I genuinely liked like all of it like I liked all yep. of it it wasn't the yep. intensity as it was with women but like it was yep. there it's not like yeah you know and I there are very few like lesbians that I've met that have zero like zero there's at least some there's a little bit of hindrance or like one person they're like John Stamos oh, or like fucking, you know, whatever. Definitely. Um, I think yeah. that, yeah, I don't think everyone is a hundred percent at zero percent or 50, no. 50. There's always like a little thing, you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, yeah. It's like the thing, like when like a lesbian, like finds a guy hot or whatever says that. And then people are like, aren't you gay? And it's like, yeah, but we're human. At the end of the day, we have eyes. We have attraction yeah. to people. We are yeah. only human. Like a, a lesbian girl can be attracted to a man and want to kiss a guy without wanting to have ch- a children and get married. And yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I literally sometimes I'll have sex dreams about men. Really, really yeah. random. And I honestly chalk it up to like primal yeah. stuff because it's legit. Yeah. Like it has nothing to do with relationships. There's no tension yeah. building. It's like, bam, we're fucking behind a roller coaster. And yeah. I wake up. It's like, not, there's yeah. nothing else. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I'm like, what is like, this? <laughs> I know. Human. Seriously. But it's, like when you, <laughs> but it's funny because when I wake up, that's not what I think about. Like when I'm consciously awake, I'm just like, <laughs> and yeah. I immediately switch over to a woman, which is mm-hmm. so freaking weird. And, but it's yeah. like, it's funny though. It really is. It is. It is. <laughs> That stuff, sexuality is so weird and funny. 
And like, I didn't realize that other um, lesbians have had that since I, I watched, if you know who Ashley Perez is, she used to be a BuzzFeed person. Um, I love the BuzzFeed back in the day. Um, And she had a podcast. They don't do it anymore, but it was called like Queer is Fiction or something like that. Okay. And she talked about that. Like, you know, there are a bunch of lesbians that still have that. And I have now experienced and, and, and talked to people who have that. And it's because at first mm-hmm. I didn't think that that was a thing. And so I was like, oh, I can't be a lesbian because I like still yeah. have these proclivities. Um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You, you still can because you can do whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. <laughs> you label yourself however you want. So fluid. Yeah, which is so, so funny. Well, yeah. Awesome. Well, Henley and listeners, I hope that we were able to answer your question Listeners, I hope you guys got a lot out of that. That was a good question. That was a good question and answer. We did a good right. job. Thank you. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. We, I think we killed it. Nailed um, it. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, Megan, do you want to answer some questions really fast? Absolutely. Oh, I'm so bad at these. Yay. More fun I'll for try. me. I'll <laughs> try. Okay. Jean jackets or flannels? Flannels. Cakes or cookies? Cookies. Are you the gay that squishes the bugs? Yes. <laughs> King princess or Kehlani? King prince. <laughs> Beanies or snapbacks? Beanies. <laughs> Knew it. Um, giving presents or receiving presents? Giving. TP, toilet paper. Do you roll it over or do you roll it under? This is the most important fucking question. I'm just going to have to check. <laughs> it's over. <gasps> Am I the devil? I don't know. I don't know what's bad like or good. I Mine's have under. It under. Yeah, Mine's I feel under. like I normally have it under. I think my boyfriend did it like that, so we can blame him. I think I normally pull it like under. I feel like if it's over, I take too much because it's yeah. so easy. If it's under, yeah. I take less. Like less. Yeah, so I it's think better so for too. the environment. Favorite queer movie of all time? Love Simon. I ball every time. Well, I ball every time, but I definitely cry every time. Ooh, (laughs) fucking. When I first watched that, I was on a plane and I bawled my eyes out, like, in the middle seat. I was in a cinema in in, um, that shopping center. Is it Melrose? I don't know where it is. A massive shopping center in LA. It might be Melrose. I don't know. I've only been to LA a couple times. I need to watch the L word more. Maybe it'll tell me. <laughs> I love the L word. I'm watching season. I'm on season five. I've like rewatched it three times. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that stuff is good. Okay. Last one. Last song you listen to on repeat. It was Hyperfined by G Flip. Do you know who G Flip is? I don't. <gasps> you should listen to her. Okay. She's so cool. She's queer. Ooh, send me a song Aussie of queer her. artist. Send me a song of hers on Instagram. Um, I love I love getting new music and like new artists. Yeah, well, she's cool. Yay. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Megan, if you want to check out more about Megan, you can find her at uh, Megan Dykeman on all platforms and Dutchie on YouTube. And as always, Woo! you can find me on all platforms at Brie Logan. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe where you were listening and check out our full video episodes on YouTube. Link is in the description below. That's it for this episode, my queers. Be you, be queer, stay safe. We'll see you on the next episode. (laughs) 